This is Truth Matters Church. Today we hear the continuation of our look at Jesus' statement that He is the one who opens and shuts, found in the letter to the church in Philadelphia in Revelation chapter 3. We find this is both very encouraging and at the same time a sober warning to those who reject Christ. We pick up midpoint in this study, so if you missed part one, be sure to listen to that for full context. Here is Pastor Alex Cataroja. There's two types of Abraham's descendants. There's two types. There's Abraham's descendants according to the flesh, and there's Abraham's descendants according to the promise and faith. They're both Abraham's descendants. Which of these will come from east and west and north and south and recline at the table in the kingdom of God with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the Old Testament prophets. I'm just telling you, because I'm struggling with this. I'm like, okay, well, it kind of kept us geographically to the ancient land of Israel and its allotment because that was what was given to them, right? To Jacob, who later became Israel and Israel was given, you know, ultimately came the 12 tribes of Israel and they were allotted land. So I was like, wow, Abraham's descendants will come. I'm like, so I was, kind of, I, was, I was like, okay, is it just them? But we got to go to scripture to confirm, is it just them? Or are we, <laughs> you know, like there's some of us Gentiles in there. Huh. So we're going to go to scripture to, to confirm or deny that. So we'll go to Matthew 8. And we're familiar with this account. We're familiar with this one. A centurion came to Jesus. He, his slave was ill, obviously terminally ill and about to die. And the centurion loved this slave and heard that Jesus was accessible or around and sent for him to heal him, to ask that he would heal him. And we know the story. He didn't feel worthy for Jesus to come. And he says, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my house. But he says, just say the word. He said, just say it. And I know my servant will be healed. And here's what Jesus said in response to that verse 10, Matthew 8, 10. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled. And he said to those who were following, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. He's been going from town to town. I say to you, who's you? That many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. He's saying it again here. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, and it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. So when Jesus said here, I have it highlighted in verse 11, many will come from east and west. He didn't say north and south, but we just learned are Abraham's descendants. And we're trying to ascertain which ones. Is it ethnic or is it also spiritual or children of faith? And now from here, I want to parallel. You see what I'm doing? I'm going from scripture to scripture to scripture to scripture, and I'm trying to pull it in and saying, here's what it is. So to help us understand which of Abraham's descendants will recline, do you want to know if you're going to recline, if we're part of it or not? Well, we got to go through this legwork so I don't give you false hope or tell you a promise that doesn't apply to you. We're trying to figure out who will recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the Old Testament prophets which ones of Abraham's descendants. So here I want to also parallel Luke's account of the centurion. When he had completed, uh, this is Luke 7, and we'll look at uh, the first five verses. When he had completed all his discourse in the hearing of the people, he went to Capernaum. 
and a centurion slave who was highly regarded by him was sick and about to die. When he heard about this, what heard about Jesus, he sent some of his Jewish elders asking him to come and save the life of his slave. When they came to Jesus, they earnestly implored him saying, he is worthy for you to grant this to him. Here's where I want to get at about the centurion. He says, for he loves our nation. And it was he who built our synagogue. This is an indication that the centurion was a Gentile who loved Israel and even built them a synagogue. Let's make our deductions now. When Jesus marveled at the centurion's faith, he said not even all in Israel has, found such, has he found such great faith. And then Jesus brings up part of the Abrahamic covenant, or at least by implication, where Abraham's descendants from east and west will sit and recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So in context, because of this Gentile centurion's faith, here's where I'm getting at. And we probably missed this. When Jesus marveled at his faith, when he said, just say the word, and he's like, not even in all of Israel have I seen this faith. You know what he was telling the, in effect, telling the centurion? Because of your great faith, you too will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and his descendants when they come from the four corners. So that tells us This isn't limited to the Messianic Jews in that ancient land. The centurion is part of it because he had such great faith in the land of Israel at that time. And that's my case in point. The centurion will recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the prophets, and the rest of Abraham's descendants, believing Jews and Gentiles. We're we're part of that. We're going to recline with Abraham. You're like, wait, but isn't that more for them? Yes. But let me ask us a question. Here, here. Do you love Israel? Do you love God's people? Do you love his land? Do you love his promises? Do you love his word? Do you love his kingdom? You're Abraham's descendants. I'm Abraham's descendants. And the centurion's account, see, we just read it like, oh, okay. Just, no, that's nugget. That's a truth for us. He was included And he was a Gentile centurion, but he loved the people of Israel and he loved their nation. And to show that, he also helped them build a synagogue so that they can worship their God. (laughs) Now with this in mind, this sons of the kingdom reference, it becomes more clear because Jesus talks about Abraham's descendants and then now he's talking about the sons of the kingdom. Let's look at Matthew 8 verse 10 one more time he says truly truly i say to you i have not found such great faith with anyone in israel and i say to you many will come from east and west and recline at the table look he's saying to you to the centurion many will come from east and west and recline at the table with abraham isaac and jacob in the kingdom of heaven but he goes but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and jesus said this to the centurion he says go It shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Who are the sons of the kingdom? Because they're going to be cast out. Who are the sons of the kingdom? Exactly. The unbelieving Jews. They're Abraham's descendants. But the unbelieving ones. They are the sons of the kingdom. And they will be cast out into the outer darkness. So the sons of the kingdom. You know the person who asked the question? Lord, open 
the kingdom to us. Open the door and let us come in. I see Abraham. I see Isaac. I see Jacob. I see the Old Testament prophets. I see the other, other descendants of mine. Let me in. No. You're a son of the kingdom. You are Abraham's descendants, but you are a son of disobedience. Away from me. I never knew you. I'm telling you, it's starting to hopefully click. Now, with all this in mind, okay, got all that? Okay, we got all this. Okay, now, let's return to our main verse now, okay? And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one shut, will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this. When Jesus says he has the key of David, his father has given him the kingdom promised to David and is the promised heir to David's throne. And when Jesus says he is the one who opens and no one will shut and who shuts and no one opens, he is declaring that he alone is the one who will allow people into the kingdom of God and he alone is the one who will shut out people into the kingdom of David. When Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom on earth, it is a fulfillment of both the Abrahamic and Davidic covenants. Okay, so with this claim now, when Jesus claims to be the one who opens and no one will shut and who shuts and no one opens, this claim has three different groups involved that will be subject to this claim. The first group, there's Abraham's descendants of faith the believing Jews and Gentiles. You know what Jesus is going to do? He's going to open the door of the kingdom and keep them in and the Old Testament prophets. So when he made this claim, he is the one who opens and no one will shut. When Jesus opens the door, there's going to be a door that is going to be open for us to enter and we're going to come in and no one can shut that door to us. We're going in. I'm getting some imagery here because when Jesus likens his return, he likens it to Noah. Remember that account? He goes, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. When Joseph, I mean, when when Noah and his family were put into the ark, who shut the door? Who shut the door? God. Then, can you say that they were in darkness? The flood, when it overtook them, are literally back in the face of the deep. There's a parallel here. When we're allowed in, Abraham's true descendants, Jesus is the one who's going to open and no one will shut. And the idea is he's keeping us in safe. Are we getting this? And Abraham's descendants, the sons of the kingdom, the sons of disobedience, the unbelieving Jews, Jesus will shut the door. So just like the, 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 let's just look at the imagery of Noah, the unbelieving world at that time. You think when the flood started to come, open Noah, open the, we're drowning here. The world's flooding. They're floating on whatever. Open up. God kept them out and they perished. All of them except Noah and his family. So when Jesus says, he's the one who opens and no one will shut and who shuts and no one opens, when it comes to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of David. For believers, no one can change that. We're coming in and we're safe. And the rest, this, at least right now, Abraham's descendants, not of faith, the one who knocked on the door, is part of this. 
He said, you'll be, thrown, you'll be taken to that place in outer darkness where the hypocrites are and where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You will share the same fate, like the fate of the unbelieving world, as it was in the days of Noah. Now there's another group, the rest of mankind. And this, is, this will give us a clue when we're studying scripture, when it says those who dwell on the earth, they're not Abraham's descendants. There are those who dwell on the earth. Okay? I'm telling you that right now. This is the third group. Those who dwell on the earth. That's the rest of the unbelieving Gentiles who are not Abraham's descendants. They do not love God. They do not love Israel. They do not love and obey the scriptures. They don't believe its promises. They don't believe its warning. These two will be shut out of the kingdom of God and will be cast into the out of darkness where the hypocrites are, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth along with the rest of unbelieving Israel. It's pretty harsh. But if we just look at even the story of the centurion, he was a Gentile. He, he wasn't Abraham's descendant ethnically, but he still loved them and he feared the God of Israel and he revered the God of Israel. You know, the rest of, just because we're, we're not from the Middle East, that, that doesn't give us a free pass. We, if we love God, we love his word, you will also love his promises and you will also love what his promises are concerning the land and the people of Israel too. So that kind of begs the question, if we're indifferent to Israel, we're indifferent to the land, I'm like, what, what message did you receive? Because with them are the oracles and the promises, Paul said, like, you know, I wish that he himself were a curse for the sake of his, of his people because they were entrusted with the very oracles of God. They were, they, they're the most privileged of all peoples because God chose them out of all the nations of the world to identify with his name and give them a land and give them promises and give them the prophets and give us scripture. And through that lineage came our very Lord, Jesus Christ. Jesus was a Jew ethnically from the tribe of Judah. How can we be indifferent to that people and to that land when our Lord himself is from that people and from that land? when he came to the physical, when he crossed over to the physical. Now, are you still with me? Okay. I want to try to extend, end our study, and I want us to, I'm trying to expand our minds a bit. And I want to challenge us about whatever we think the kingdom of God is. Because we don't see it. The scripture tells us it doesn't come with observation. It is eating, drinking, right, in, in the Holy Spirit. What I want to do is I want to read the parable one last time. I want to read the parable of the narrow door one last time, and I want to kind of help stimulate our thinking about the kingdom of God. So let's, this is the last time we're going to read it. Strive to enter the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter it and will not be able to. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open to us, and he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you are from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all of the prophets in the kingdom of God but yourselves being thrown out and they will come from east and west and from north and south and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God and behold, some are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. And I've kind of given this away when I was proclaiming it, but I want to draw our attention back to verse 28 one more time. 
And he goes, when you see. Horao. And this is prophecy, and we've covered this already. This is prophecy of the end time. Now the kingdom of God is here. Horao is to see or perceive with one's own eyes. Now, I want us to think about this a little bit. That person who knocked and asked the question, Lord, are there just a few being saved? And he goes, we just read it, and he goes, when you see. I don't know what your idea of the kingdom is. It's real. There's going to be an actual kingdom that's coming to earth. There's going to be a gate. And those who are inside can see outside, and those who are outside can see inside. There's going to be people who are in, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Abraham's descendants, the Old Testament prophets are reclining. That's going to be a pretty big table. I, don't know, I wonder how that's going to work out. But here, it's, it's real. A, a kingdom is actually coming. There's going to be a throne. There's going to be 12 thrones that Jesus will set up for his disciples. We're going to be part of this kingdom. And there's going to be people who are trying to get in. Could you imagine you're in there? They're like, oh, Lord, let us in, let us in. And we're just on the inside. They're not strong enough. They're not going to be able to, our Lord says, because the Lord shut them out. Could you just, no, whatever, we're, we're going to be in that land. There's going to be a kingdom there. And when we're raised and we come back with our Lord and we're here, there's going to be people outside where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And when the master, the head of the house, shuts the door, it's over for them. Like, I, I can't imagine. But here's where I'm, 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 I'm starting to at least start to glean from Scripture. Remember in our study, every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. That even the book of Revelation, the apocalypse, the apocalypsis, the, the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world, it's not just for those who are alive at the end times. Every eye will see him. Behold, he is coming in the clouds, and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him, so would even, let it be true, amen. Those who crucified our Lord, even those who pierced him, will see him coming in the clouds. Which means that they were raised in that John 5 judgment, right? The resurrection of judgment. They're part of it. This guy who knocked on the door is part of it. Every eye will see him even those who pierced him. So when we say, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, his kingdom is coming. And we're yearning for his will and his kingdom to come on earth. Like we say it, the Lord, our Lord taught it, but are we really setting our hopes in it? I can tell you, after this one, I want to recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like, Lord, like, they're the olive tree. You know, I'm a wild tree, you know, wild branch. I'm not even part of ethnic Israel. And that's the glory of the gospel, that part of God's plan. And Paul had the privilege of bringing this gospel to the rest of the nations, that Gentiles, too, may share into the covenantal promises and blessings of his people. What I, where I want us to kind of end in, that, in this reflection and I'm not sure what your view of the kingdom of God is, but here are some certainties. People will be shut out of it, just like people were shut out of the ark. 
and I can't emphasize this enough, it's a literal and physical kingdom. Any teachings that says, well, you know, the kingdom of God is in your heart because it doesn't come with observation and leaves it there, you're, you, just, you, you just took away from these promises that we just even started to you know, try to wrap our hands around. But the scripture is clear. And with these parables, we get a, we get a lens into it. People will be kept out of it and we will be kept in it. And it's the Lord Jesus who is doing both. And I don't know what Jesus we might be used to. You know, Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for you and wants to be your buddy. And he, he wants you to make time for him as your friend. Well, this Jesus, who is worthy of our worship, he's worthy of our faith and trust. If the Father deemed him worthy to give him all authority in heaven and on earth, we equally feel or should be that with our Lord. But I don't know what your view of Jesus when he shuts the people out. He's going to kill them all, literally, and judge them. Remember, his robe is dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. Jesus will kill his enemies. Don't get it wrong. He's not just this meek lamb and stayed there. Yeah, he's the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And his first coming, he didn't come to judge, but he came to die and to give us, grant us salvation by believing in him. So those people who are shut out, he's going to take care of his business. So I know we're starting to get, you know, we're learning more about this Jesus. And this is the biblical Jesus. But I would imagine this side of him probably isn't talked about a lot. We just like to hear that he loves you and doesn't want you to perish, which is all true. There's a but. The one who asked him the question. Now, when we're going through this, he taught, so he was teaching in this parable that was also prophecy of the end. Because he says that the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you. It's been given to the church and we have his spirit and we have his word. So it wasn't just a story and code so that we can never understand it. So that person who asked the question, like, I don't know. So if we were there that first century and Jesus came to your town and he's performing these miracles, taught in the streets, even shared a meal with him, just because you know him or you're around him doesn't get you in. He says, I never knew you. Away from me, you who practice lawlessness or you evildoers. I'm like, wow. And it's not just him. There's others in the town. You and you all will begin to say. Don't be quick to put in the whole world right away, although we know that those are the implications. That's why just stay with the context. This is what's going on. And that's why when he would go from town to town, you know, woe to you, Chorazon, woe to you, Poseida. Because for if, the, for if the miracles that had been done to you were done, you know, even if they were done in Sodom, they would have repented. But he goes, because you refused me, you will descend they will descend. That kind of tells us the outer darkness is also, there's a dissension. So I know this was a lot, but it's, it's, it's right there, like in black and white. But by having those principles that we've, you know, are following this whole time, we're like, yeah, this is when hopefully things start to open up because we're, we're treating it with, with great care. Thank you for joining us today at Truth Matters Church. A very heavy message, both encouraging for true believers who will one day recline with the prophets of old, 
and a very sobering one for those who reject the offer of salvation through Jesus Christ. If nothing else, we learn that every day we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, never taking the call of Christ for granted. If you've missed any part of our study in Revelation, you can find it archived at truthmatterschurch.org or simply search for us on Sermon Audio. And consider joining us for our study in person or online every Friday night. Again, details at truthmatterschurch.org. Contending for the faith one verse at a time. This is Truth Matters Church.